0: My name is Irina Shahovtsov, the creator of Single Parent Success Stories podcast, designed to inspire single parents out there who are struggling by sharing stories of past and present single parents who have been struggling in the past but are now successful. single parent success stories. Uh, today, I have the pleasure introducing an amazing lady. Her name is Alisa Turner from Indianapolis, and I met her through High Performance Mastermind. She is a full-time mom of five kids. She is a writer, a speaker, a coach, teaching moms cherish their journey through motherhood. Please welcome Alisa Turner.
1: Thank you for having me on here. It is an honor to have you on
0: here. Welcome. Um, I want to ask you to share your story. Did you become a single parent by choice or by accident?
1: Um, so I, I want to say a little bit of both. Um, so I was, I was married young. I was married when I was 20 and I have, I had kids right away. I had kids. My first baby was born right before my 21st birthday. Um, And I was married for over 10 years. And it was when I was pregnant with my youngest that I found out that he was cheating on me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I stayed, I stayed throughout the whole pregnancy until my baby was five months old. And, and then I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, He never wanted to quit the affair he, um, wanted to have his cake and eat it too, I guess. And, um, so he was involved with another woman. And during the course of that year, I found out that there was a lot of other deception and things going on in our, our marriage. Mm -hmm. And that was during that time. I also had my eyes open to a lot of the dysfunction, um, in the way that we communicated and, and everything. I think that so much of Um, because I had kids Mm -hmm. and a lot of kids and, um, that was my life. I was a stay at home mom. I, um, I kind of just went in survival mode and so I wasn't super aware of what was going on and it was like, okay, if it's not broke, don't fix it sort of mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, so this affair was kind of a wake up call for me and it, um, it brought a lot of things to the surface in our relationship that weren't, that weren't perfect. and so the, the the affair was kind of just the nail in the coffin, I think. Um, and the fact that he didn't want counseling, he he refused to go to counseling with me. Um, mm-hmm. Insisted that he could love us both, and so he was totally committed to her. Um, right. So that was the point when I finally got honest with myself about how devastating this was to my parenting. That's when I knew that I was going to have to leave. Um, so raising five kids alone was never, never my plan. That was never something that I ever would have chosen to do on my own. Um, but I was the one who filed for divorce. So kind of my choice and also very much not my choice.
0: I, I can relate as well. I uh, had a similar situation with the betrayal and uh, I'm a single mom of two kids and uh, My youngest uh, was, I found out about betrayal three days before my youngest was born. Oh, wow. And all that kind of carried along. And uh, when uh, my son was three months old, um, his father left. He does help us still, but uh, I never also envisioned being a single mom of two kids. Yeah. Um, I I think life is never the same afterwards.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. And um, it's not just a loss of, of everything that, that, you know, I had in the past, like it was 10 years of of marriage that Mm -hmm. it almost felt like down the drain. I mean, I have my kids, so I don't, I don't think that, but um, it's also a, when you get divorced, it's a loss of, of everything that you had planned for your future. And, you know, the stable, solid, ideas and hopes and dreams that, that you had for the next decades of your life. And that's all ripped away. And I think for me, that was one of the scariest things was like looking out into my future and not seeing anything because I I'm like, well, this isn't what I wanted. And I, I had spent all of my childhood wanting to be a mom Mm -hmm. and I, the marriage just kind of came with that. I assumed And so when I found myself standing there looking out into my future with um, nothing, I I had to like learn how to dream again and, and plan my own life again without having a husband. And that was, that was a real challenge for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same, same here so what would you say your struggles were and the things that you overcame you just mentioned that you know looking into the future and trying to live again by yourself and being able to dream but would you say clarity was one of the things that you were struggling with like figuring out what would be next
1: um yeah i the whole dreaming again thing and i think um what I mean by that is a lot clarity, just being able to see what comes next or even have, um, a, a desire or a plan for an, or an idea of what I wanted next. Um, that was big for me because once I did that and once I could see myself in the future again, then, then life became so much easier again because I had something to shoot for, you know, some direction to aim for. Um, so that was definitely a huge struggle. Um, initially in the beginning of my journey as a single mom. Um, one of the other things that I struggled with a lot was, um, being codependent. That was something that, that I didn't, I didn't even know what that word meant when I was still married. Um, I, and if somebody had asked me what it meant, I probably would have told them it was something that was a good thing. (laughs) You know, I would have thought, well, aren't you supposed to be codependent in a marriage? Um, (laughs) So I, there was a lot of things I struggled with. And then when I realized what codependency was, I was like, oh, this is, this is me. This is what I'm struggling with. Um, and because of the nature of his, his betrayal, I struggled with that victim mentality because he was this monster and that put me as being this helpless victim. And so in our relationship, like I was that enabler people pleaser, and I had that big victim mentality that that life is happening to me and and he's so awful to me and somebody else needs to come save me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's the other thing is people used to applaud me for staying so long after I found out about the affair Mm -hmm. because I stayed about 13 months. Um, but I don't think that I stayed because I was, I was trying to do anything other than survive because I, I think that I was convinced somebody was going to come save me. So either he was going to stop and repent and come back to me or the other woman was going to walk away or somebody was just going to magically put things back the way they were. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I don't think that I stayed because I was some long suffering hero. Um, And I, I distinctly remember the moment that it dawned on me that I'm it like no one's coming to save me. I have to get up and take responsibility for my own life and, I have kids so they need me to actually be there be a responsible parent and I think that it can sound empowering when I say that because I know that I've seen um I've seen quotes go around on social media and stuff about like you are your own hero and you know you have everything you need inside of you like for me though I was terrified like the thought that I'm it actually scared me I didn't feel empowered at all <laughs> like like I said I got married young and I didn't go to college. I had 2 years of job experience before I got married and had kids. So I I felt really doubtful of my ability to actually provide for my kids and take care of my kids. Um and then because I was codependent, when we separated, I I wasn't just losing him. I felt like I was losing part of myself. And so I felt like half of a person. I didn't know how to how to even make decisions or think without running his thoughts through my head. And that's just a horrible feeling to feel so um, inadequate. Like I didn't, I didn't know who I was not being his wife. Um, So as you know, as long, this was just such a debilitating mindset because as long as he stayed that monster, then I stayed stuck and helpless. And so um, I had to work really hard to tell myself a different story about the whole affair and everything that happened. Um, And so I chose to just start telling myself that, you know, I don't get to choose who cheats on me or who is going to leave me. I don't get to choose who's going to love me. Um, But I always get to choose how I'm going to respond to those things that are happening in my life. And this mindset shift has been honestly one of the greatest assets in my life as a single mom, because It is hard being a parent and not just the single parent, because I look at other um, friends that I have, there's, you know, two parents in the household and they're still married and they've got a great marriage and they still struggle with so many of the same parenting things that I'm doing alone. Right. And I know you're in the same boat that you're doing it alone. And and there's so many people who struggle when there's two of them. Um, And so approaching each new challenge that I face as a single mom with this mindset that I don't get to control when my kids are going to be sick or when they're going to, you know, end up in the hospital and we're going to have medical bills or when the fridge is going to die or when, you know, my toddler's going to throw a fit or when they're going to drop something or break something or, you know, in parenting, every, something happens that comes Mm -hmm. out of left field. It seems like all the time, but when I, approach that challenge with the mindset that like I get to choose how I'm going to show up in this moment and how I'm going to respond to this unexpected thing. Um, and, and I think that as a, as a mom, I know this is my struggle is I always want to try to predict what is going to happen. And I think that when I take a step back and I just assume something's going to go sideways today, I may not know what it is but i know something's going to go sideways that's going to you know tempt tempt me to like get upset and be short and it's going to catch me off guard and and throw off my attitude right mm-hmm. it's like if i assume that that's going to happen then that gives me my power back because i can i can determine ahead of time how i want to show up in that moment mm-hmm. so that has been one of my biggest struggles and that's and one of the greatest lessons that i've learned through that that's helped not just overcoming the divorce, but it's actually helped and benefited my kids and in my parenting.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, I can really relate to that. It's all the story that we tell ourselves and I also felt like a victim for many years and it's only until I realized that yes, nobody is coming to help me, I have to be that person. I have to decide who I wanna be, what kind of life I'm gonna lead and what's gonna happen, it's all in our hands. And it is difficult, but once you realize that you can come to terms with yourself and you can be feel a little better and little by little you'll improve from where you are to where you want to be. Yeah. Um, uh, please share with us uh, what current projects you are working on.
1: Um, so right now I, I'm doing some one-on-one coaching and I have so many fun ideas for how I want to expand this um, to helping more women. I I really want to start doing more in-person events, um, live events um, locally with women here in my um, city. Um, so I believe that healthy moms raise healthy kids. And I know for me, just thinking back to the 10 years of my marriage, like I was not my healthy, the healthiest version of myself at all. I was totally unaware, I was in that survival mode. And I think that it's a common thing that as, as new moms, when we have a newborn, we, it's all about the baby. And we're sacrificing our time, our sleep, our energy, our diet, everything, just to keep this small human alive. And what I see and what happened in my own life is that I never really transferred, I never really transferred back all of that time and energy back onto myself. And so I never, or or I guess you could say it another way is I never added myself back into the, the equation of somebody that I had to take care of. And, you know, we can go for a short extended period of time, not taking care of ourselves, but long-term that can be damaging. So a lot of what I teach women is to um, take care of themselves and to get healthy um mind body and soul so that they can become the best versions of themselves for their kids Um, we also talk a lot about healing their past trauma or childhood wounds Um, i know that to some extent we all have pain and some level of dysfunctional behavior patterns that we bring into our parenting and i know for me a lot of i think i knew a lot more of what i didn't want to do than what i than what i wanted to do Mm-hmm. Um, so helping other moms identify exactly what their, what their goal is in parenting, um, so that it's theirs and they're not just shooting or aiming after somebody else's goal or definition of successful parenting. I think that's important because that goes back to the, the clarity, clarity thing. Um, mm-hmm. if you know where you want to go and and what the end goal is, it makes the journey and the process so much easier. Um, so yeah helping women get to their healthiest version of themselves um for their kids i i don't i think that that is um a better parenting philosophy than a lot a lot of the behavior modification a lot of times the parenting strategies focus on just modifying the child's behavior um, but then we miss the heart and I believe that when you are showing up as as your best the best version of yourself then you connect with the heart of your child and and then you're just going to end up being the exact perfect parent that they need when you're your healthiest
0: right yes yes so true when kids are little you try to be there for them and and I don't know it's actually maybe high called the way we grew up, the, our generation. I don't know how it is here in America, but back in Russia where I'm from, um, when you become a mother, you basically kind of forget about yourself, dedicate your life to your kids. Um, and if you do something for yourself, it's considered a taboo. It's considered that you are selfish, that you aren't good enough. Like how, how could you even think of yourself? You have to dedicate your life to your children. And it's the realization that comes uh, later, what happened to me, that I realized that I have to be happy first before I can be the happiest version for my kids. Otherwise, I I used to bring my happy self to work and my kids got the better, worse side of me, I felt because you know you go outside into the world people expect you to be present with a smile on your face be always on and when you come home i feel like kids don't get that best version of me
1: yeah i i can definitely relate to that i feel like i often gave my kids the leftover version of myself
0: (laughs) yeah if you could uh, go back in time would you do anything differently in the way um, how you, you know, behaved um, in your marriage or with your kids.
1: Yeah. Um, so this is this is kind of a difficult question for me. Um just because I I feel like anytime I go back and I try to think, well, what if I could have done something differently or what do I wish I have known? Um mm-hmm then I start, I I start ending up at a place where I don't have my kids because I end up pushing away my kids. And I, and I don't do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I was by no means perfect. And there was a lot of hurt that went both ways between me and my ex. Um, and like I said, I know that I lacked a lot of awareness, a lot of self-awareness about, um, myself and what I was doing and how my attitude and reactions affected other people. Um, so specifically like, yeah, there's probably a lot of things that I just, I wish I'd never done and said. Um, You know, I wish that I, I could have stood up for myself a little bit more. I did not know anything about boundaries. And so I, I let people walk all over me and then I would get resentful and upset about that. And I just, I guess like what I'm teaching women now in my coaching, I wish that somebody had taught me in the early um, years of my parenting and marriage. Um, I feel like it would have made a big difference, maybe not in the outcome, but just in how I showed up and how I, my level of, um, fulfillment that I would have gotten from those years. I feel like I was, there was a lot of disconnection because of, um, just being in survival mode and lacking awareness. I just went from day to day. And if I made it through the end of the day and my kids were in bed sleeping, then that was a success. And that was the extent of it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I I do wish that I had worked on myself a little bit more in the beginning of my my parenting and marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So true. All the th-
0: things you say, they're so so common. Um, I experienced those things myself as well by not setting boundaries and. Letting people walk all over me and yes, getting resentful and, and those things are very, very important. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to present single parents who are overwhelmed right now and struggling that you could share?
1: And I feel, I feel like this is another hard question because I know what it's like to be a struggling, overwhelmed single parent. And... <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel like in the moment when people want to offer me advice, when I'm that overwhelmed, I'm like, if you're not going to come in here and help me uh, clean the floors and change the diapers and take care of these kids and pay my bills, then like, I don't want your advice because it can seem so, so trite sometimes. Um, But if I could just break through all of that and, and if I could go and meet their needs so that they could hear the words that I'm saying, I would say that, i i would just encourage them to to remember that your kids want you and they want you to show up and be present and they don't need all of the activities and fancy gadgets and expensive stuff and all that material things and um they just want you as a mom to be present and available and they want you to show up they want to have access to your attention and your energy and your emotion. They, right? they want you to be there for them. They don't want the distracted, leftover version of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times kids, they gravitate towards the devices and, and the stuff and all of the things because they're trying to fill this void of having an engaged parent. And I see that in my own kids' lives when I'm busy and I'm working on a project or I'm, you know, I've got multiple days in a row where I'm, I'm out late and I'm, you know, busy with with work and stuff. That's when they, they want all the things. And they're like, can I, can I do this? And can I go see this person? And, I, and they want all the stuff and, and they're stuck in their devices and watching TV and well, when I'm, when I'm there and I'm present and they, they want to talk to me and I respond and they ask me, can you come do this with me? And I say, yes, like that, they're hundred percent satisfied with that. And for me, this takes a huge pressure off of me because as a single mom, I cannot compete with the amount of activities and money and stuff that other parents can provide for their kids. Right. There's, there is limited stuff sometimes. And so you know, being able to just relax in knowing that I'm enough. And if I'm showing up as the best version of myself, and I'm present and engaging with my kids, that that's really meeting the need that they have. And I don't have to worry about, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and getting them all the latest stuff that they think they might want sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and sometimes it's as simple as, as just really listening, um, making eye contact, asking good questions back, um, inviting them to sit with you, go for a walk with you, play a game with you. Like it's not, none of it is really intense, crazy stuff that I'm talking about. It's just being available when they, when they, want, when they want you or when they need you. Yeah, so true. I'm
0: guilty in that area.
1: That. yeah it's it's tough to be engaged and I have five kids so I feel like the tempt when they all want me the temptation is just to be like everybody shut up <laughs> I need <laughs> five minutes of my own time in my own head <laughs> and that's just that's not a healthy response like I I have to be better than that because they deserve to have have better than that so
0: yes yes thank you <laughs>
1: um
0: if people would like to find you somewhere uh, on the social or on your platform, yeah. what, what, would what, what is the, the website?
1: Okay. So they can find me on Facebook at Alyssa Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm Alyssa Noel Turner. And right now that's where I'm at on social media. All right.
0: And you said you're also going to be running uh, some workshops and stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I'm going to try to start doing more live in-person events this spring and summer. Um, so yeah. And I will probably post about that online too. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that.
0: Where are you based?
1: I'm in Indianapolis. Cool. Cool.
0: Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. And I really appreciate all your knowledge that you share and the inspiration for other single parents who are struggling and it is so important you know to be present to show up to not feel like a victim uh, to be the best version of yourself for the kids because they are our future um i don't want to sound too superficial but in the end of the day we're trying to raise good humans and my my wish is, you know, when I'm gone that my kids can thrive, can survive, can become good people and not uh, see this uh, less version of, you know, of a single parent. But see the world, uh, being able to dream and um, not be stuck in, uh, in the luck mentality, you know, that you don't have a father present in your life. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being... Mm -hmm. out there and trying to do the best you can um,
1: yeah absolutely
0: oftentimes we compare ourselves in this comparison mentality you know how oh this one has that and I'm not good enough I'm not there but we, we have to do the best that we can with what we have
1: right yeah I that's one thing that I that I say to myself is like, I can't beat myself up for what I didn't know back then, but now that I know better, I feel like I have a responsibility to do better. Thank you so much for letting me share. This was fun to talk to you this morning. Thank
0: you. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who you think might benefit. Please leave me some suggestions uh, for the topics you'd like to hear on this podcast.